Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Corner Kicker podcast. Today we'll be discussing the latest round of Premier League fixtures, the Serie A, La Liga, Champions League, and conclude with Premier League predictions and hopefully better updated predictions. I'm joined by Joseph and Kieran for today's episode. So say hello. What's up, guys? We're back. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's been a while. Back again. We had a week-long hiatus scheduling issues. We were unable to do an episode no, last it was just week, a break. we are back. We have been a bit stressed. Yes. But we are back in full force. And to start off today's episode, as we always do, and for the final time this season, Kieran, enter Miami. Uh, give us your initial thoughts on the final game of the MLS season. I mean, there was one man who really lit up the pitch today, and uh, his name rhymes with Baranza. <laughs> he started, he controlled the tempo, he created a lot of chances for his team. I actually thought he didn't get nearly enough service, and I think many will agree with me. Um, but overall, a solid performance. Questions? For those who don't know, uh, we beat, in New England, the New England Revolution, who are mathematically, points-wise, the best-ever MLS team, and... That's as many of you know, losing to us, after losing to us, so they were the best team by some distance, and as many of you know, Inter-Miami aren't exactly top of the pile, so this was a major upset. 1-0, a goal from Blaise Matuidi, pretty scuffed goal on probably his last game for the club. Any comments on him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting to see, like, this is the last game. Will Neville stay? I think so. I don't think he's done that well, but I don't think Beckham will sack him considering that, you know, they are friends. It's one of the reasons he got hired is that Beckham trusts him. I think in general, people are going to be looking at who's going to leave, who's going to be brought in, but I think getting rid of the dead weight is just as important. Nope. Matuidi, it's nice to see him score. This will definitely be his last game for the club. I don't think any of the fans want him back. Um, Jesus, you know, he's been harsh. atrocious this season. A liability, one of our designated players, and he can't even get in the starting lineup ahead of our academy. I think yeah. the, the strongest part of our team right now is the defense. You look at Fagal, LGP, and Makun. Obviously, LGP breaking the yellow cards record for MLS history. Uh, very impressive. But oh, th- actually, uh, he did not break it. That was not a yellow. He didn't? Oh, he only yeah. tied it. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. He'll do better next season, though. <laughs> but that's that's a backfield we build our, our club around, you know? And the rest of the team, the attack. Questions mm-hmm. will have to be asked. Is Higuain the right man to lead this team? I like Carranza as a wonder kid. I know he's obviously, you know, he's not world-class yet, but I, I do think he has the potential. That was the first time I ever heard you. It was interesting to see today, of course, uh, both Higuain brothers didn't play um, after Federico's farewell match last week at the final home game. Uh, a Inter-Miami without Hig Gonzalo up top, uh, I think we looked a lot more lively, um, a lot sure. less negativity from his, you know, gestures and comments to other players. So yeah. I think there's definitely hope for when uh, he and Matuidi leave the club. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, overall, a pretty disappointing season for Inter Miami. Uh, yeah. What did we finish? Tenth, I believe. Eleventh. Eleventh. We, 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 uh, we, we were eleventh at some distance as well. Probably yeah. most inconsistent team. Like Seventeen in losses. So there was definitely uh, work that needed to be done. We actually had quite a few wins. It was just we had basically no draws. So definitely something Probably to look to improve on next season. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple purple patches, but overall, pretty disappointing season. I mean, our whole season was based off of one six-game winning streak. Yeah. If you look at, like, I don't know how many, I think we had, I want to say 12 wins total. Yeah, 12 wins, today. and fun Six fact, came in a row. Like, Nashville, who finished third in the Eastern Conference, also had 12 wins, but they had 13 more draws than we did, so... <laughs> Draw merchants. I mean, that's the beauty of the MLS, right, though. We actually had the wins, which is pretty funny, but obviously... A loss is not the same thing as a draw. So that'll be our final comment on the MLS. We might talk about the playoffs, but realistically, we don't really care about the rest of the MLS. We're here for right. Miami we'll, propaganda. We'll be back when Miami start making signings, which will be soon. Yes, we'll hopefully have some transfer news for the MLS offseason. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, remember when those we rumors were signing. to be believed. But uh, on to bigger and better things. The Premier League, the English top tier. Uh, where, where I guess there's there's no point in running from it. We're going to start with the Manchester Derby and kind of bring in this in tandem with uh, a game. the 5-0 Manchester United defeat to Liverpool um, since we were unable to talk about that in previous episodes. Uh, for those who are not aware, United lost 5-0 to Liverpool two weeks ago. 
and then today or yesterday, excuse me, lost two nil to Manchester City. Both games at home in front of the Old Trafford crowd. Seven nil on aggregate to our two biggest rivals. It is crisis time for Ole, and many people are surprised that he's still in the job. Uh, Joseph, I, you think I, Ole in or out? I, you know, I'm Ole in because you got to hear me <laughs> out. Every time he keeps a clean sheet, he concedes no goals. So I'm Ole in all the way. Oh wow, great tactical nuance there from Joseph. Yeah. I do think though that. After the Liverpool game, I was pretty surprised that he wasn't sacked. Then, of course, we won against Spurs 3-0 yeah, at not, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A big, not a, a yeah, Spurs, this was before they signed Conte as their new manager, and we'll talk about that Spurs later. Spurs are not a good team. Followed by a 2-2 draw to Atalanta in the Champions League, also something we'll talk about later. Very lucky draw. So, if we recall after the Liverpool game, uh, the news coming out of the club was that Ole had three games to save his job. Uh, those following three games were a win against Tottenham, the draw against Atalanta, and then the loss today against Manchester City. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, to be if we're being no way. If we're being realistic, that's one for three. The draw against Atalanta is not good enough. So, going into an international break, uh, Kieran Joseph, what are the odds that we've just seen Ole's last game? Definitely no uh, zero. Yeah. Zero. Okay. I think the most. I was actually. I'm talking about something I was. I was listening to a very insightful debate. But before then, I think the four halves of soccer, the worst <laughs> half for Man United, I think, was the second half of the City game, where City didn't score. Yeah. And it was so obvious that halftime, I mean, Pep probably went into the dressing room and he probably just started bursting out laughing. Like, he had his subs warming up. He had Grealish warming up. And I remember I was watching the game with you and I was saying, Grealish is coming on for Gundogan, it's going to end like 8-0. Because Gundogan was getting in the goal-scoring positions. And I think Pep knew that Grealish would score goals. But it was clear that he came out at halftime and he told his players, you know, have a kick about, you know, this, this is training because they, they weren't even trying. They were clearly, I mean, yeah, De Bruyne made some good passes. Foden did hit the post on that one chance. Oh yeah. They were, you know, yeah. they, they were giving an effort, but they, they didn't care. They knew they'd won the game. They could have just sat down and they still would have won. So I think that just shows, you know, they didn't see United as competition. Even when, you know, people say Pep was playing mind games, saying that Bruja was going to be that, like the harder game, the more important game than United, but he was right. I mean, he was right. Bruja at home was, was, it was a bigger challenge. So it's, you know, it's, it's disappointing from a league standpoint. I'm enjoying it, but it's, you know, it's, uh, I <laughs> I'm don't sure think you are. Ole will leave. And before I turn it over, there's one more thing I want to say, because I was listening to this, this commentary after the game. I was in the car. This was like a few hours later. I was just listening to this post-game reaction on Sirius XMFC, which is one of, one of always my favorite commentary comes from there. They're, oh, they're always my brilliant. days. So I was listening to the, the they're they having fans on the phone, United fans, and they had a United fan who you know gave this like he's like, oh, he needs to go. This is clearly you know we're clearly being outclassed. We're not even on the level where we're competing. And like yeah, yeah, whatever. Then they they had a fan that wanted Ole in, and he gave two reasons. One that Zidane, who was apparently the main alternative, didn't speak English, and two <laughs> that the problem wasn't Ole. It was it was Michael Carrick who Ole, you know, is responsible for being at the club. So it's just, in general, I mean, there's some fans who I guess want Ole in. I'm Ole if, in. If those are the reasons that the, that the most diehard Ole in supporters are giving. I can't see what the reason is that the Glazers are keeping him. Yeah. Especially I when think, Conte was available two weeks ago, and they passed up on him. Yeah. I think the difference between now and previous uh, downturns of form is that we are legitimately not just getting beaten at home, but we are getting, for lack of a better word, clowned on our own pitch wow five you nil was really have one of the best teams that you've had in a while yeah it's yeah, quite shocking if you ask me I, somehow after signing ronaldo varan sancho um you guys we've gone backwards nope. i we've gone backwards and it just it's inexcusable and i think that's where you know always he's had three years now the investments there the team is built we've got sancho we spent three years trying to get finally got him in snake dortmund for him we ended up underpaying by 40 million or something compared to the quote last year and here we are with the super team uh getting demolished at home and i think kind of to piggyback on what kieran alluded to is that yes the liverpool result was mathematically worse five nil versus three nil of course Uh, but performance wise city were just it was Unbelievable. I think United may have touched the ball a dozen times in the second half uh, at Old Trafford. It was just inexcusable. So I think for me, um, I want him sacked over international break. Two weeks 
Um, I'm hearing Ralph Ragnick, former uh, Bayern Munich manager, name being tossed around. Get him in and then oh go for Ten Hag uh, at the end of the year. I actually think that's probably the best solution. Um, like a calm, experienced presence uh, of Ragnick to kind of get us through till the end of the year and then bring in the main man, Eric Ten Hag from Ajax. That's my preferred outcome, but this is the Glazers we're talking about. So we're probably going to end up with Dean Smith and then Brendan Rodgers at the end of the year. Brendan has signed a verbal contract, apparently, to join United. He has? Oh, my God. I, it's, I, th- that would just... Uh, he just doesn't want to do it yet because he doesn't want to leave Leicester. He doesn't want to leave Leicester yeah. just yet. All right, well, we could talk about United all day, talking but about other we big do need teams to give losing. some... We have West Ham three, Liverpool two. What do we think? I mean, I watched this entire match. This was this was a Premier League classic. I think that Liverpool hadn't lost a game this season. West Ham. uh, I'm getting Leicester City 2015-16 title winning vibes from this West Ham team. You've got that is bold. You've got. I mean, when you look at the squad, yes, I don't see maybe a Mares esque character, and maybe Antonio isn't quite on. Yeah. Ben Rama, maybe. Vardy. Ben Rama's there, but he's ben not Rama getting the same level of goals and he assists. Was a yeah, but he I was, think the Ben Rama Antonio duo could be like a Mares Vardy. It, it could Sorry. be similar, but I think where this team differs from that Leicester team is consistency. Um, piece by piece, cons- yeah, consistency, squad depth. Oh, yeah, they've got I it. think this is a top squad in the Europa League as well and a lot of people thought at the beginning of the year that those two competitions together would mean that you know maybe the end uh, of standards would drop in the league but they've done well in the Europa League done well in the Premier League uh, so I think this West they're Ham surprising team, me of course yeah they're surprised I think they're surprising everyone you know beating Liverpool um, there was an interesting comment on NBC Sports uh, I think by Robbie Earl he said you know I wouldn't be surprised if this West Ham team won at all uh, he said that pregame, and then they won. So it was kind of like, you know, wow! Like it's not surprising that they won, but at the same time, it's it's a real statement victory because that's how well they've been playing. Yeah, and even in the game, West Ham. You know, if it wasn't for Van Dyke being there, <laughs> Antonio probably could score two. He probably could score two, and West. Ham. Yeah, Van Dyke did uh, come up big a couple times. Uh, just to kind of recap the game, three two. Uh, Goals from who do we have goals from? We had goals. So a direct corner. I Fornals took the corner. It's being given as an Allison own goal. Uh, there were a lot of questions about fouls offsides no, on the. I think goal. it was a clean goal. But I I personally think it was a Fornals goal, but they've given it as an own goal. Maybe a little bit harsh there. It did look like on the replay. It did touch Allison. Yeah, head. it did. Okay, but so it, like, was it going in anyway? You know, really know. if we're gonna yeah, touch so, on West Ham, I think it's fair to touch on Liverpool. This is what I have to say mm-hmm. again and again of Liverpool. Liverpool cannot do it when it's at the big stage. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure coming on the Liverpool at this game. You know, they basically have to get the win. You know, they're going to be one point away from City, and they sold. But this is the team that won the Champions League two years ago, right? Like, yeah, yes. They have no problems performing. Well, then again, they were up against Spurs. Yeah. So, yeah. Not a, that's true. Not a big challenge. We were robbed of the Liverpool City final. I'm hoping to see yeah. that. But either year. way, you know, Liverpool they can't really do it on the big stage. This is my main problem. And their midfield today, if their injury problems they have, lack of yeah. creativity. The midfield. Fabinho kind of reminded me of uh, when Maguire came back for the Leicester game, just looked a little bit off the and pace. And Thiago, when he got subbed on, like usually I rate yeah, he Thiago, was but he was gone awful, dude. Yeah, I yeah. think the, the biggest problem, though, is, and there are people defending him because they didn't watch the game, but I think anyone, everyone who watched the game can agree, the biggest liability in this team was, is, and continue, will continue to be Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, oh. <laughs> absolutely abysmal performance. The defense He was this. responsible for the Antonio <laughs> chance at the end where he like miscontrolled the ball and really should have scored. He was responsible for yeah. a couple of big Ben Rama chances where he should have scored. Responsible for a handful of chances like for four nails. Responsible for the second goal. And the goal. third goal in the he, corner. Responsible for the third goal. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah, Zuma. Like he was, Zuma ran in the back post and Trent was the man just, marking the back post. And he, just com- he didn't jump he, no, he watching, just, just, just let Zuma jump. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's an abysmal defender. He, just because he scored a goal, he was the worst player on the pitch. I'd say put Trent in midfield, James Milner right back, you know, that solved Liverpool's problems. I do think they could use a new fullback, but uh, to take us through the rest of the match, we had the Allison own goal, followed by a Trent Alexander-Arnold free kick. Free wonderful kicks. free kick. Uh, it wasn't a free um, kick, but... 
Well, okay, yes. He touched it to Salah. Salah tapped it back. It's a, it's it. a Liverpool free kick. Somewhere. Yes. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay, and then Fornell scored a lovely breakaway. Some pretty terrible defending from a Liverpool point of view. I cannot imagine Jurgen Klopp will be too happy. Uh, before Kurt Zuma headed home uh, the third on 74th minute. Uh, great header at the back post. And, and as Divac we were saying, Origi. Trent Alexander-Arnold lost his man. And then, yes, Divock Origi got one goal back. Since the goal against Barcelona in the Champions League. Fun. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Um, it was actually a very nicely taken goal on the half volley. Uh, kind of did a 180 control. Very nice goal, but they were unable to find the equalizer. Doesn't happen. So, this kind of leaves us, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, and maybe this is a better question at the end, but uh, we are going to touch on, you know, how far does this West Ham team go this season? But uh, let's leave that for the predictions at the end. Uh, on to the next match. Uh, Antonio Conte's first game uh, in the Premier League. Of course, he managed in the Conference League where they did get, get a 3-2 win at home. But in the Premier League, they were at Goodison Park against Everton. This game ended nil-nil. A lot of controversial moments. Uh, thoughts on it? I was watching yeah. the game, actually, because I couldn't watch the Arsenal game, unfortunately. And now, <laughs> it, it, I didn't probably. see a difference at all. No shots, no flair, no like attacking-minded Tottenham. They're, they still look yeah, the exact Harry same. Harry Kane still looks like he's on vacation. They still oh, yeah. look like the small club that they are. Like I don't think the manager is not change They're just terrible. They're just a terrible club. I'm sorry. Everton were the better side today. Don't don't get it twisted. There was the biggest chance of the game was in the 89th minute. Lacelso really, I mean, it was a really good strike. Hit the post from like significant range. Um, yeah. you know, lots of finesse on that. Nothing he can do. But I, what really bothered me, there was the controversial decision at the end about the red card. I think they made the right call with that one. And yeah, yeah Conte can count himself a bit lucky because he had two calls that initially went what would be presumed to go like in Everton's favor and then got overturned to be in Spurs' favor. Um, so maybe you got a bit lucky. The, the yeah, second there was, was right. the penalty. The first yeah. call, I think, was was really bad because I think what, what happened that bothered me was the ref had a terrible view of it. Richarlison goes down. In case you guys didn't know, there was, with about 25 minutes left, I want to say, there was a penalty on Richarlison by Lloris who came out. He slid in, and he took out Richarlison. And then on the replay, after they gave a penalty, they thought he, that he got the ball, so they took away the penalty, and then it was, you know, it was just a drop ball or something. Mm-hmm. What bothered me is Richarlison went down. He gets up. He has the ball. It's not like an open net, but he has the ball, and the keeper's off his line. If he can find a pass, it's almost certainly a goal. Like, there's probably like a 30 40% chance that they get a goal from that position, at least. The ref calls a penalty. He didn't have a good view of it at all. He had no way of being sure that it was a penalty. And on the replay, he rules it out, and that entire chance is gone. That just, yeah, that's an interesting yeah, point. Like, I don't know why he didn't play on. And I think. The, the commentators of the game were talking about how like the Everton players were upset because it got overturned and all that. And I think that's true. But I think they were also telling the ref, like, you could have let us play if you weren't sure. They, they should, he should have let them play. You know, he had a, he had a pretty bad game. I think nil-nil is a fair result, even though I think Everton did dominate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's a rough start to life for, for Conte. It's better for Benitez. I like, I like the way Everton played today, better than they have in recent weeks, more reminiscent of the way I thought they'd be playing, considering the way they started the season. So I think for both teams, there are positives and negatives. Yeah, of course, as Kieran mentioned, still zero shots on target in their last five Premier League games. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo sacked Antonio Conte, former Chelsea manager, in. Uh, and like you said, not a lot of difference. Uh, I think Joseph mentioned it that this team looks exactly like they did a couple weeks ago. If we look at the lineup, it's kind of interesting because they line up in this back five. You've got Christian Romero, Eric Dyer, Ben Davies as the back three. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, nothing special, but it's it was solid enough. Ben Davies. The issue that I have in midfield is Skip, Hoiberg, and then the wingbacks are Reggion and Emerson. Emerson, I just don't think is Premier League They're quality. So Not average, really sure. Bro. They're so average. He's very average. Yeah. And then Hoiberg and Skip. Doherty came on at the end, right? Yeah, he did. He didn't. I mean, Doherty I can see decent. why he's on the. Uh, I don't know. But Skip and Hoiberg in that midfield uh, duo. There's no creativity. Skip is is not. Skip reminds me a lot of Harry Winks, where he's just kind of there, passes the ball around, but you need a creative force next to him, and you're not going to get that with Hoiberg. You need Hoiberg next to Lacelso, or even Mm -hmm. Adele Alley if if Conte wants to go more offensive. I think the problem is is that when you look at the bench, other center midfielders, you've got Ndombele, 
not shown enough consistency. Maybe that'll change under new management with Antonio Conte. Lacelso, who, yes, he did uh, have that big chance at the end after getting subbed on, but personally for me, is just not. And even in this game, he just looked a little bit off the pace. Uh, Harry Winks, who's just not really Average. Premier League quality, at least at this at the top Sick end of the table. Quality. And then Deli Alley, who's just, I mean, four years ago we were talking about as a potential hundred million pound player, and now he's just out in the in the wasteland. He just can't get into the team, and when he does, he underperforms. So I think there's a lot of question marks over this Tottenham team. Of course, they do have the new manager in, so hopefully fortunes will change. But I'm not entirely convinced. But on to our next game, uh, Chelsea. Um, finally held up uh, only the second time this season. I think they failed to win against Burnley. Uh, maybe the third time. 1-1 at home. This was a very interesting game. Um, what did we think? Burnley kind of... I was surprised. A, a lot of people have been comparing Chelsea's tactics to Burnley's tactics, so they kind of went head-to-head here. And, well, you could argue that Burnley came out on top. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a positive result for Burnley. I mean, we're talking about a team in the relegation zone against the league leaders at Stamford mm-hmm. Bridge. But I think it was the fair result. I think, I think it was yeah. the right result. Chelsea were wasteful. You know, we've seen this with City, with Liverpool. Sometimes you don't finish your chances. Against a weaker team, they only need one chance. And I think it was fair. They, had, they certainly had the chances to get a goal. Chelsea can't complain about how it was like lucky or something. Burnley deserved a goal. Chelsea could have easily had two or three, though. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a valuable lesson to the players. Who you know? Yes, they've won the CL, but most of these guys haven't won a league trophy. They don't understand that consistency. They've shown it so far this season. People are considering them the title favorites, but I think this will be a valuable lesson for the players. I think they'll bounce back from it. But it, you know, it, it, it's a title race where City are going to be right behind them. Liverpool are going to be right behind them. West Ham, who knows? They might even you know emerge behind them. They can't afford to make these mistakes in the future. So hopefully, hopefully for them, this is you know they'll bounce back from the stronger, and it won't really affect them. But, you know, two points can make a difference in the long run, so have to make sure that they don't drop any more points in the near future. I uh, 100% yep. agree. And Wraps before we up. move on to our Premier League, or finish with the Premier League and move on to other leagues, Joseph, I know you're itching. Uh, Arsenal, 1-0 winners against Watford. What are your thoughts? I mean, we dominated again, once again. I think, finally, I can say I see a little bit of consistency from the Arsenal team. You know, something that we lacked for a pretty long time, to say the least. You know? We played mm-hmm. good. I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. You know, Nuno Tavares has been starting for the past three games. He's looked great, honestly. Honestly, I would say he might be starting over Tierney at this point. You know, ML Smith Rowe with another goal once again. Yeah, this is his third in a row, right? I think he really he might be deserving of that England call up very soon. Ben White playing good, Gabriel playing good. Mm-hmm. Like what can I say? I have good what your, hopes. What are your thoughts on Aubameyang though? He was. You have gone. I, I give him a. I give him a one out of ten today. Yeah, I missed <laughs> he missed a penalty the at the beginning. Yeah, he also, then he missed a penalty. Then he like blocked the shot. He is the one it saved by the cycling team. goalkeeper YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Foster was immense today. He was yeah. really Foster. Good. But you know, yeah. I have good hopes going into the Liverpool game. I hope we can snatch a draw from the Liverpool game. Obviously, Liverpool, they are a hard opponent, but can they do it on the big stage with a lot of pressure on them? We will have to see next week. Yeah, that'll be a cracking game. Uh, two weeks. International break, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but this brings us to the end of our Premier League segment. Uh, overall, another really good week in Premier League. I don't think there's really been a bland uh, match week, so hopefully uh, that will continue. Uh, we do like to touch on other uh, national leagues. So first up, we're going to have La Liga, where Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, both, uh, for lack of a better word, bottled uh, big leads. They're washed. Uh, to end up tripping up in the title they're race. Washed. They're, they're simply just yeah. washed. Xavi, if you guys don't know, the new manager, he's going to begin training tomorrow. He was, I believe, in attendance. Um, his side were up 3-0 at halftime and lost to a stoppage time goal. Well, Atletico Madrid... Uh, we're up three one, and then conceded yep. two goals in stoppage time. Um, yep. To to drop ninety second and ninety sixth minute, unbelievable They're stuff in La Liga. Done. There's no way they could compete in European competition anymore. I can see them possibly going to you know Thursday night football at this point. The way they're going, you know, this is shocking. Yeah, Barcelona certainly. Uh, they're hoping that Chevy, new manager, uh, brings a it's little sad. bit of life into the club because at the moment it's it's pretty woeful. Not gonna lie. Yeah. It's it's sad, trust me. Yep. 
in addition to La Liga, we are also going to touch on the Serie A, where we had the uh, Milan derby, AC Milan versus Inter Milan. I believe AC was the technical home team today, so I assume they got the higher ticket allocation. So overall, a really good game, 1-1. But the main talking point besides the match itself is that Chalinoglu, uh new Inter signing who they signed from AC Milan, so uh, jumping ship between two huge rivals. For those who don't know, they play in the same stadium. So when you switch between the two teams, you're going to hear it from the rival fans. And uh, he actually scored a penalty and then... Celebrated. Uh, he kind of he celebrated in front of the AC Milan fans and they were not liking it as you can imagine just why 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 <laughs> would you do that yeah i like that it's, it's a good tactic um they earned a draw which is good though you know they're below milan on the table i think the Serie is really interesting this year we've got napoli yeah. and and uh, napoli and milan are clearly the top two i thought milan would win today they're at home they're doing very well this season but they're not doing well in Europe, so you never know. Yeah. Inter are doing all right. Um, Roma, they've lost this weekend to Venezia. Very dramatic yeah, Venezia, game. man of the match performance from American international Gianluca Bugio. So that was pretty awesome to see. Yep. Very, very tight at the top of uh, Serie A. And Juventus, I think they're eighth or ninth right now. They've been they're bouncing back, but they're still, you know, they're eighth. still mid-table. Yep. Yeah, they're climbing, but uh, they're sitting on 18 points right now. Atalanta in fourth on 22, so there's definitely room to uh, make up that gap, but just a really disappointing beginning to the season for them is what's kind of keeping them grounded to the mid-table for the moment. Um, As you all know, we were unable to do episodes last week, so we do have to, of course, touch on the Champions League. Uh, We'll start off in Group A, where PSG... Drop points again uh, versus they played Leipzig, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. Lost to a late and, penalty. Yeah, late penalty from Dominic Sabalzlai and Manchester City. Comfortable winners against Club Bruges go top. Kieran, thoughts on Group A as that's where City are in right now? I think it's it's pole position for Man City. You know, you look at a couple of weeks ago, it looked like we were really in the gutters when we lost to PSG. There were some questioning, you know, are we going to make it out of the group? Um, you know, at that time, Bruges were above us comfortable double over club Bruja. now instead of if PSG hadn't dropped those points we'd have needed to beat them at home which of course we've done before you know we did a double over them last year in the semi-final but this eases the pressure all we need to win the group if we beat them um in two and a half weeks time we go top uh, we like secure top with a game to spare if we draw mm-hmm. them then we only need to beat Leipzig on the final day and then we're still guaranteed top so the cards are in City's hands uh PSG have done that they've really shown that they're not contenders they're not in the level of, of Bayern um, Byron City and Liverpool right now look like the main three contenders based on their performances in the CL and in the league. You could argue Chelsea, but they've you know they've been okay in the UCL. But those three have really been a step above the rest. I think City have shown that. I think they're going to show it when they play PSG. I don't see them losing that game. I see them topping the group. Obviously, I don't think PSG will bottle. I think it's basically impossible. They have to lose both games um, in order to not qualify for the next round, which is obviously yeah. not going to happen. They only need one point. Um, so th- yeah, from the group A, I think City and PSG will advance. Sounds sounds about right. Uh, group B, this is the group of death in the beginning of uh, the season. If you listeners remember when it was drawn, Milan, Porto, Liverpool, and Atletico. Milan and Porto drawing. AC Milan finally picking up points. They only have one point. Uh, really, really disappointing on their first year back in the Champions League. Whereas Liverpool... Uh, getting much, much wanted revenge on Atletico Madrid after they knocked them out last season. Two no winners at the at Anfield. Uh, just an overall strong performance from the Liverpool side, and as Kieran said, uh, strong, strong challengers for the the trophy this year. We think. Yep. That's all I say. Yeah. Porto in second in that group. Not really sure if many predicted that, but uh, still. Two match weeks to go. They were yeah. strong last year. They look, they're just picking up points, and frankly, Atletico and AC Milan don't look capable of doing that at the moment. Yep, they might not have like the flair or the quality on paper up top, but they showed last season when they knocked out Juventus, they know how to win big games. That you is know, true. They turn up when it matters most. And Milan and Atletico haven't really done that well in Europe. So, that's, yep. I think Porto will go through. 
On to Group C, Sporting 4-0 winners against Besiktas. This group always tends to have big score lines. Um, and then Ajax in the return fixture against Dortmund, of course, won 4-0 in the previous match week. 3-1 winners this time. I mean, they're humiliating Dortmund twice in a row now. Uh, 3-1 winners in Germany, so very, very impressive win for this Ajax oh, team. And extremely for strong. me, I, and I think for a lot of others, Ajax, this is the team to watch out for this season. Yep. And Dortmund, yeah, I think this, I think a manager is going to get sacked in Dortmund soon. I don't even know what a manager is. It's Marco Rosa, I believe. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. going to sack so very soon. Manager. You know, they've dropped yeah. points in the Bundesliga as well. No questions. Yeah, so I mean, they're, they're well, into account. They don't have Erling Haaland, but they're still. in second right now in the Bundesliga, four points behind Bayern. But Champions League, it's pretty disappointing thus far. Yep. Yeah, they're, I think. they're looking for sure at a round of 16 exit as of now. I don't see them getting past that. Maybe if Holland comes back and they get an easy draw. But other than that, I mean, they, they really we can talk Holland. about the Hummels red card. There was a clear error from the referee to give Hummels a red yeah. card. Yep. Maybe Dortmund would have won. But I think I actually just look better than Dortmund right now. I think I agree they are the dark horses. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, for me, Bayern City, Liverpool are staples. Um, to make at least the semifinals. There's one spot open. There's usually one dark horse that makes semifinals. I actually have as good a chance as anybody else. If they can get a pretty yep. favorable draw through the first couple of rounds, I can see them, unless they play one of the favorites, I see them making My other dark horse is Juve. At least maybe the semis. My other dark horse is Juve, because they've looked strong in Europe so far. They're, they're one of the first Interesting. In the qualifier. Really? Juve? Yeah. They look strong well, in terrible. Europe. You know, Federico Chiesa, Dybala look strong. Have they? Yeah, Juve, I think they've won all their matches. Yeah, yeah but they, they have probably the easiest group. They're Chelsea. That's true, they did but... Chelsea. Yeah, they, getting they those early wins, we'll I don't see. think, can be understated. Yeah, no. but they've done well in Europe, so we'll see. Yep. Okay, on to uh, Group D. This is the group with my beloved Sheriff Tiraspol. Um, losing, unfortunately, in, to Inter 3-1 at home. Not surprised. And Real Madrid picking up points again against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh... Karim Benzema and Vinicius Jr. combining for both goals. Those two look absolutely sublime right now. Maybe the best goal-scoring duo in the world right now. Thoughts on that? Yeah. No. No? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't really complain. You know, I would say Liverpool would have the best scoring duo, but it's just really Mohamed Salah and Casper de Ghost. Sadio Mane is kind of... (laughs) Kind of had some yeah, Mane. I don't think we mentioned it, but at the end of the w- Liverpool West Ham game, Mane had a absolute sitter off a free kick, beautiful delivery by Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, Mane diving header really should have scored, hit it wide. So yeah, so I say they had disappointment to be for Liverpool. The there. Best goal scoring duo is probably them two right now. Yeah, Benzema and Vinicius. I think Vinicius's Not, kind of rise from really. being kind of this Brazilian skill show He's a who, flop. A lot of us weren't really convinced that he could do anything other than beat his man. He couldn't really finish, cross, pass. But now he looks like the complete package and a player that Madrid will want to hold on to for many years. Oh, yeah. At this point, it's like, you know, you have to ask yourself, does, and this is just a controversial thing I'm throwing out there, there Mm -hmm. is a possibility, if slight, that at this rate, if players can keep up their form, Neymar may not be a starter at next year's World Cup. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, Vinicius Whoa. didn't even get called up to the Brazil squad. I didn't even have to relax here. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's I'm true. He saying. does not have a call up yet. Vinicius and Jesus have been very clear from this year. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. think the two of them have been good, but I think the question will be who will play up top, and maybe they play yeah. Neymar in kind of a false nine role. I mean, if yeah, it's not I'm Neymar's sister's birthday, Neymar. then he'll probably be playing. Speaking of the World Cup, uh, cornerkicker.com will be live in Qatar. Tickets have been secured, um, so these two blokes won't be there, but I will be there for live episodes every day of the tournament in the, during the first seven days, so a year from now, basically. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but that is a long time from now, so let's stay on track here. Champions League Group E. Uh, this is the group with Barca and Bayern, as well as Dynamo Kiev and Benfica. Them. No surprises here. Um, Bayern 5-2 against Benfica at home. Comfortable. Uh, they actually had a kind of a slow um, start. They did go 2-0 up, but then Morato scored, and it kind of they looked a little shaky, but then things picked up again, and they uh, finished strong, uh, winning 5-2. But the real story here is, of course, Barcelona 
one nil against Dynamo Kiev. Barely it's not really a it's not really a flamboyant result. Ansu Fati getting the winning goal. Um, it was a nice finish on the volley, but I don't know. Dynamo Kiev, you're only getting one goal against them in your Barcelona. That just seems like a little underwhelming to me. Yep. I mean, it's all coming down to the next match. Barca play yeah. um, Benfica. Assuming that Bayern wins and Kiev loses, Barca mm-hmm. need a win to advance. If Benfica win or draw, they go through. Yeah. So interesting there in Group E. Uh, group F, this is United's group. Uh, Villarreal beating uh, Young Boys 2-0. Um, and Atalanta in Bergamo drawing against Manchester United. Uh, United getting a draw at the very end thanks to that man, Cristiano Ronaldo. Does it once uh, again. 91st minute volley, saving Ole's job uh, for many. I don't know. I don't, this guy is unbelievable. Obviously, you don't need me telling you that. We all know. Yep. But uh, overall, Just another hugely next. underwhelming performance from United. Let's just go on to the next one. Just. <laughs> yeah, I think we've we've covered United enough to know our, that uh, yeah, just you all know what our thoughts down. on them are. Yeah, it's uh, you know that group's very open. That's just all we need to know is that yeah. we really don't know anything. United are level on points with Villarreal at the top because of that draw. Atalanta only two points behind, and Young Boys haven't won a game since opening day, but they still theoretically could make it. So that's just one that we're gonna have to keep watching. Yeah, United are just sneaking their way in if they do anything. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably just inch through. Um, crossing my fingers on recent form. You never know. Uh, Group G, Wolfsburg beating Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, This team, of course, where Brendan Aronson plays for in Austria. Uh, UN Smith's national team player. Wolfsburg, 2-1 winners, excuse me. Uh, Goals from Nemecha and Baku. And the other game in the group, Sevilla and Lille. uh, 2-1 winners for Lille in Seville. So disappointing for Sevilla to lose at home. Uh, a good group, uh, very like evenly matched teams. I have to yeah. say, you know, on paper, there's not really a that's probably clear the most superior group. team. Yeah, so anyone could make that's another one. You just, we just gotta wait. Match day five, we'll yeah. see. Group G, they're on seven, five, five, and then, three, very similar to the uh, United group. Yep. Then the last group, Chelsea. Last Juve. group. This is where your dark horse, Juve. Yeah. I mean, Juve made it out their round of sixteen already. They, they looked comfortable. You know, Chelsea games will be a big decider whether or not they're still my dark horse. But, you know, for now, mm-hmm. I'm still keeping that claim with them as my dark horse. Yep, Chelsea 1-0 winners against Malmo. Juve 4-2 against Zenit. Uh, expected results there. Not yeah, special. special. Maybe Chelsea scoring one is a little bit... Uh, it's Chelsea. A bit of a red flag, yeah, but yeah, a, Chelsea. You know, they, they, they play for the 1-0s, and they're very good at it, as we know. Yep. So, no complaints there for... Thomas Tuchel, you would think. Uh, but on to kind of our main segment. Uh, if you recall, last episode we had Premier League predictions, and well, some of those predictions, yeah. uh, in hindsight, maybe weren't the best. Um, so we decided it would be, you know, beneficial to all to update them. Uh, we'll start up with the bottom three for each of us. Uh, Kieran or Joseph, which one of you would like I to start? I would like to start first. Okay. All right. So all right. bottom three. Still going to be Norwich. Norwich bottom, That's... despite the win. And Daniel Fark did get sacked. For oh, yes, wandering. of course. We didn't mention yeah. that. Daniel Fark, finally, <laughs> I think this is their first win in 20 <laughs> games, and that is including two seasons ago. Still uh, and that is when they decide to sack him. So it's kind of unbelievable. Oh, you know, I, I, you know, I think I said Southampton last time. Probably the most stupidest mm-hmm. choice by me. Yeah. They look well they look clear now. It's not yeah. so, I think I'll have to say Newcastle, even the Saudi money can't help them now. You know, they they should have won against Brighton realistically if they didn't have a keeper. But They're the only team in the league right now win. without a win. Yep. Yep. They're not bottom, though, which is odd, but they don't oh, have Oh, yeah, because Norwich That's are just, just worse. Norwich get battered. I'm going Norwich, Norwich get battered Newcastle, everywhere they go. And I'm going bold. It's between Watford or Villa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villa, yeah, Villa. I, Villa. I said it. Villa. I'm going bold here. Villa are Villa are 16. They're level with Watford. They're two points. I know Watford. Now. Just for uh, context here, Villa lost one nil to Southampton at St. Mary's, and Dean Smith was sacked after the match. Yeah, I just don't see five losses I don't in a row. See enough from Villa at all. They've looked horrendous. 
So, I think it'll all be determining on uh, who the new manager is. And then, interested to well, see the thing with Watford is that they're just so inconsistent. Like one day they, they could look really good and then, you know be Everton, and they, for the most part, look bang yeah. average. So I'm I'm going to say Watford because somehow Villa will make it out. They always make it out. Really so good you've season. got Norwich twentieth, Newcastle nineteenth, Watford eighteenth. Yep. Yeah, I think I've that's that down. that's probably about right. I would say, Kieran. You like to continue? Sure, I'll, I'll go next. Maybe Spurs go the ongoing form. They could be in relegation. Okay, so my bottom three. For me, Norwich, there's no way they stay up. Like yeah. they're they're no bottom way. for sure. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that they're gonna finish last. I don't care that they won their last place, they're fodder. You know, they're not good. Nineteenth <laughs> is where it gets a little interesting. I think if you look at the table now compared to a few weeks ago, it's a little more clear about who's going to be in the relegation picture. Southampton aren't great, but they were like 17th last time. That just wasn't representative of how they were playing. Same with Leeds. Um, I think the bottom four right now of Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, Watford, we can all agree is probably going to be the bottom four at the end of the season. Yep. So then it just gets down to who's who's going down, who's not. I think it's a tough one. I think 18th, I'm going to say Watford. Okay. I just don't think they have the quality. Yeah. It's yeah, it's an interesting one. And then for or that's nineteenth, sorry, nineteenth I'm so offered. Eighteenth, it's between Newcastle and Burnley. I think one of them is definitely going down. I think we can all agree on that. Now Newcastle have signed Eddie Howe. He's a very good manager, but that may collapse. That's the No, I he was actually at the uh the I game was, against that, Brighton. It's still not confirmed. That that's I feel like that he wouldn't be there if it wasn't confirmed. Sitting next to one of the directors, maybe. I I just don't see I just it. Don't know who they're gonna sign. I, How about this? Presume they they get Eddie Howe. What are your predictions? I think I'm not gonna presume that, but I am gonna say based on what the situation is right now on Sunday, November seventh, in the evening, I'm gonna say Newcastle, 18th. Um, oof. And is that subject to change if Eddie Howe comes in? I'm not going to entertain that. Oh, if he comes in and the results start changing, then I'll think about it. I love Eddie Howe as a manager. He's one of my favorite managers. I'd be happy to see him back at work. So We'll see. Okay. All right, I guess over to me then. Uh, no surprises. Norwich 20th. Uh, like I said, the Daniel Fark sacking just amuses me. I don't understand it. I don't think anybody does. Probably Norwich players are just as confused as we are. Uh, 19th place, I am going to have... Uh, Burnley. Um, really, I think, neither of us put them in the, wow. in the I think I think the spell is finally ending. I have a bad feeling. I think other teams around them are going to strengthen in January, especially Newcastle. Um, Watford, I think, are going to make a couple signings as well because that's what they tend to do, just throw money at you know some a couple of average players and maybe that'll be enough. Uh, and Burnley just don't do that. And... Sean Deitch, I think. Don't forget Cornet. We all know the second they go down, Sean Deitch is out of there. He's much better than a championship manager. He'll probably go to somebody like Southampton, uh, maybe even Leeds oh, if Bielsa. Well, maybe a promoted team. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, he's been at Burnley for so long. So yeah, twentieth Norwich, nineteenth Burnley, eighteenth. Um. Between Watford and Newcastle, and kind of uh, both, I gave the same reason that both Watford and Newcastle are going to spend in January, but we all know which who's going to spend more, and that's going to be Newcastle. And that's why I think Watford are going to be the team that goes down 18th place. I think Newcastle will just stay above the drop zone. Uh, my issue with this Watford team is the consistency. You know, we've seen that they can have big wins, the 5 2, um, really sensational. Um, final few minutes in that game um but then throughout the rest of the season they just struggle and they i don't know i just don't see it working um they just fly through managers you know a couple of losses and boom you're out of there so i think it's just the uh change in management um in addition to the lack of overall quality in the squad is going to hurt them um whereas newcastle if they get eddie howe and they make all those new signings i think they'll have enough to stay up all right, so our compiled bottom three is 20th Norwich, 19th Watford, and 18th Newcastle with Burnley just staying up. So 
So we'll move okay. on to our top seven predictions. Top seven. Uh, I guess since I went first last time, I'll go first again. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. All right, sure. Some place. Actually, should we start from top to bottom, or should we start bottom? Start, start with seven. Start with seven. Uh, yeah, start with seven. Some place. Yeah, makes sense. You know, the way Spurs are looking, I can't even include them in top seven. Like, I'm not even, like, mm-hmm. trying to be biased here. Like, I'm genuinely being serious. They do not look good at all. Yeah. I cannot include them. I think in some place, I could possibly see Crystal Palace, Brighton, Ooh. or maybe even Wolves. But okay. I'm going to stick with it, and I'll probably go Brighton, just because I, they, look, they look strong this year. Crystal Palace also look really strong, but I, don't, I just don't see them having the same consistency as Brighton. And I haven't really seen yep. Crystal Palace yet to do what Brighton has done and like you know really compete against the big teams. So... Seventh place, Brighton. In sixth place, I'm gonna go with Man United. Ugh. You know, um, just they've choked too many games in the beginning of the season. Like it might just be too late to rescue anything. Even with the, if all the other teams play on good form, and even if United get back in good form, it might just be a little bit too late for them. Just because how many games you guys sold them getting. In fifth place, I have okay. West Ham. I definitely see them. They they look strong. They're definitely going to Europa League once again. I know what's going on now. Fourth place. <laughs> I'm still sticking with it. It's basically the same as last time. Fourth place, Arsenal. We obviously look really strong. You know, we finally got some consistency for once this year. And, and you know, this game against Liverpool will be a big decider on whether or not we can actually do it on the big stage and whether or not we're actually capable of UCL once again. You know, I'm yeah. sticking with it. Fourth place, Arsenal. In third place, you're not feeling a Thursday night's conference league, Europa League. We've had enough. In third place, <laughs> I'm having Liverpool. You know they just cannot perform on the big stage. I don't see it out of them. And second place, this is gonna be a bit bold. I have Chelsea in second place actually. Ooh. I just like the Burnley result was just that's really disappointing from them. You know. And to be fair, like they haven't had some actual hard competition just yet. You know what I mean? All, most of their games have been relatively easy. So, I mean, we'll see. I think they're getting second place. Have they, have they played City? They have played that City. Game happened? They lost. They lost. They lost. Okay. And I think City are going first is, you know, Bernardo Silva. Oh, yeah. Jesus goal. Bernardo Silva that. has been great. De Bruyne. Arguably the best player in the league. Looks really good. Phil Foden looks great. You know, the team, the Manchester City's team, they look really strong this year. I think they look stronger than Chelsea. So honestly, I'm going City first and Chelsea second. All right, Kieran, uh, I can go. You can go. What do you want to do? Uh, I mean, do you know what you're going to put? Because I'm still thinking. So if you know, you should. I know who I'll put, so you I'll go. go then. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh. Seventh place. And I'm, I'm this is going to be pretty different. Um, seventh place, I am going to have Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Antonio Conte, I know I said that things haven't changed yet, but I think he's going to get those guys on the training ground, and he's going to drill it into them to you know, defend, which is something that they haven't been doing recently, any defending at all. Um, and he's going to get Harry Kane back in form, and I think if he can do those two things, uh, seventh place is more than achievable. Um remembering the rest of the quality that is in that squad, even if the midfield is a little bit static. Uh, but you've got players like Son, Mora, Bergwijn. Um, I think there's just about enough quality there for 7th, but uh, I think a lot of people can agree even 7th may be a little generous, um, yeah. especially for Spurs fans who have top 4 aspirations. You know, Only two years ago, they made the Champions League final. So. Oh, small club mentality. Pretty significant fall-off. Um, sixth place. Uh, this is where the fighting is going to begin. Uh, I do have Arsenal. Oh. Uh, so my, my, my explanation for this is it's going very well right now. I cannot deny it. Absolutely. Mikel Arteta finally, finally. The process has finally came through. The process is finally coming together. My concern is that how much can they rely on Smith Rowe, who's really been carrying them through this purple patch at the no, moment? Relax. And who knows? It might not be a purple patch. It might be this is the new and improved Arsenal. But Smith Rowe, I don't know how much you can rely on him for a full season. 
Aubameyang um, is scoring goals this season, which is obviously important for them, but is he going to stay consistent as well? I still have a lot of question marks around this team. I like the defense a lot more, as you were saying. Tavares looks like a, a really good player. Ben White, Gabriel. But we know that the two of them are injury-prone. Gabriel missed large portions of last season. I think if he goes down, problems are going to begin because nope. I don't like the depth yeah, they have at center back. That's true. And then right back, Tamayasu, good player, solid, no complaints there. But in, again, depth, I don't know. They've got Cedric who can step in, Callum Chambers. These just aren't top-level Premier League get players. Some more depth in. January is the yeah. time. So that's that's kind of why I'm I'm just I'm a little bit pensive on them. Fifth place, um, here we go. Fifth place, I have West Ham United. Come on, you irons. Um, I know I said I was getting Leicester vibes from them, but I think yeah, that that's an easy thing to say. But realistically, you know, the odds for that were like one in a billion that Leicester title win. Um, and that's just not going to happen again. Um, West Ham, very similar to Arsenal, or my reasoning for Arsenal in the sense that, you know, a couple of big players go down. Um, you, you maybe you lose Fornells, Antonio, um, even those two alone. And I think there's going to be a severe drop off because I think Fornells is kind of running the midfield at the moment. Of course, Declan Rice, who's the engine of that midfield, I think if he goes down, there's serious problems as well. And we'll see how much the Europa League attrition uh, gets to them. Uh, rotation will be important for David Moyes' men. But even with me saying that, fifth place is still an unbelievable achievement for the West Ham team um, when you look at the other teams around them. So I don't think there's any shame there at all. Fourth place, here we go. This is where everyone goes off with my head. Uh, I've got Manchester United. Oh, they made your top um, Yeah, they made my top oh, seven. Wow. They're in fourth Champions League position. And here's why. Here's why. If... It's always an if. Sacking, finally. It, it, of course there's an if. I mean, <coughs> there has if. to be an if. We're terrible right now. There has to be an if. If Ole gets sacked, and we bring in you know, the Ragnick, then the uh, Ten Hag in the summer, but that's not as important because this, yeah, this season's predictions. Yeah, you bring in a new coach, and Fred and McTominay are still going to be your midfield duo. Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are forgetting just how good this squad is. Ole clearly has favorites. I mean, that's the only explanation for Fred and McTominay every week. Um, Matic we see rarely. Van de Beek, I don't even get me started there. We all know about that. But I think people forget that this team has an unbelievable amount of quality, and I think we're kind of suffering from some sort of syndrome of Ole where we kind of forget how good the players in the squad really are. And I think a change in management after three years, you know, it's been a while since we've had a top-level European proven coach, all eight, no denying it. There were some really, really bright moments. You know, the night in Paris, uh, we finished second place in the league. And it, there's obviously these aren't great achievements, but there were some good moments. But I think with a top level European manager, this team is going to become unlocked. And this is all without me even mentioning Cristiano Ronaldo, who I don't think is going to accept. Uh, anything less than a Champions League spot. And as we've seen, he has the quality to drag this team through the dark moments and hopefully drag them into fourth. So that's why I do have them just sneaking in the Champions League ahead of the likes of Arsenal and West Ham. Third place. Um, this is another one where it's it's very close at the top. I mean, Liverpool, City, Chelsea. These are Champions League favorites. These are Premier League favorites. So... Um, in my opinion, the three are very interchangeable at the moment, but right now my predictions would have to be, uh, Liverpool in third. Um, Joseph, I believe you mentioned this, the midfield kind of is looking a little weak at the moment, uh, with injuries. Oxlade Chamberlain looked good today, but Fabinho looked off the pace. Tiago was pretty terrible. Uh, so I think kind of like last season injuries are going to get to them, but even still, um, Salah will have the quality. Uh, if, if Salah gets injured, I think we could be looking at something far below <laughs> expectations because that man is scoring left and right. Uh, that's not to say they wouldn't be able to get top four. I just Salah's replacing Minamino or something. I don't know. That's the thing. It would be interesting to see what Klopp yeah, does. But uh, assuming he doesn't go down third place, more than achievable, they could go higher. But I think the top two. 
Um, at the moment, squad depth is what's going to carry them to first and second. Chelsea. And now going into that first and second, second place, I do have Chelsea. Um, Lukaku, of course, injured right now. Um, without him, uh, and even with him, I'm still not entirely convinced. I think purchasing him was, you know, on paper, it kind of makes sense, you know, tons of goals in Serie A. But even as I think the inter managing director, maybe even the man, somebody said it that, uh, you know, we sell yeah, Lukaku for a like hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. We sell Lukaku for a hundred million, bring in Jekko, uh, for nothing. And he's, there's no difference. Same amount of goals. So I think that that's actually, that might actually be partially true because frankly, Lukaku, when he was fit, he was scoring at the beginning and then it, yeah, he, Went on a really dry spell. Against Arsenal, so I don't know. With Pablo Mari and Holding don't take it seriously. <laughs> so that's true. I'm just, of course, the rest of the team is world class. There's no denying it. The fullbacks have been scoring goals recently. Center back depth there strong. Rüdiger, Thiago Silva, Christensen, um, a few others. Loftus Cheek finally getting some game time. He's not looked brilliant, but looked more than adequate to fill in when needed. Uh, for Jorginho, uh, Kovacic, Conte, Mount, a lot of quality players. And then on the wings, Pulisic coming back from injury, Werner, who I think is also injured right now. Then you've got Kai Havertz, who scored against Burnley. I uh, still think Chelsea are going to need more from him, which is why I don't have them first place. But uh, overall, enough quality for second place. And then first place, and it, it kills me to say it, but yeah, Manchester City, I think the Derby highlighted that. This team maybe even has another gear that we've not seen yet where they can just completely rip apart teams. Uh, although it is worth noting, of course, they did lose to Crystal Palace uh, earlier, so last week. <laughs> that was that was interesting. Now, Crystal Palace under Patrick Vieira kind of remind me of Ajax in the Champions League, a team you do not want to face right now because they look like they could beat anyone. Um, maybe that's... A little bit too much praise, but they look like a quality side. A oh. uh, team that I would not want to face. But yeah, Man City, I mean, Jao Cancelo, five assists in his last two games. That's just stupid, frankly. I mean, I, I don't really have anything else to say on that. It's just unbelievable. Phil Foden, the back line. Sometimes I feel like the back line even goes unmentioned at times because they're just become so consistent. They're what I wish the United back line could be. Um... Yeah, I have City winning the Premier League this season. Kieran, you've had your chance to think. I have. I finished, you I finished my predictions seven. a little while ago, and I'll run through these quickly since once I'm done, we're going to conclude our episode. Briefly, I know Joseph, in terms of just the general composition, picked the same as the top seven we have now. Jonathan added Spurs. I'm going to say, for me, Spurs are like a narrow eighth. I have them missing out. Yeah. Mainly because I just I don't see the consistency in the team, and I don't think Conte can fix that in one season. So for me, I don't think they'll be making Europe. I think it's going to take and it's going to take a couple seasons to fix that team. Too many weaknesses. Although I really like that front line, you know, you know, I really like Lucas Moura, Son, Kane, Moura are really good front three, but the midfield doesn't have it. Hoiberg is the only consistent midfielder in that team. They don't have anyone who can really play as a wing back. Reguilon maybe, um, but they don't have any quality ring wing backs so like average. Conte did at Inter. So I, for me, they, they're not making the top seven. Um, so going into my predictions very quickly. In seventh place, I have United. Oh. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was seriously considering taking United out of the top seven altogether. My God. Because, because I actually disagree with you. I, I think you put United fourth under the assumption that they get a new manager. But I believe they're not going to get a new manager. I'm all in. Um, I, I see them going the whole season, no manager. Even if they sack Ole, I don't think they get a new manager because I don't think anyone's going to sign for them they really want. Or that's actually an improvement. I, I disagree. I think Brendan Rodgers would be a fantastic improvement, but I don't think they're going to get him um, because I don't really think he's interested. And, I mean, uh, I don't think they'd be able to get that one over the line. It just doesn't make sense from a, from a tactical point of view. He, I think he knows he won't be a good fit. Zidane will never sign for United. Conte's gone. He was going to be the one. Um, there's there's nobody else, right? Nobody else that's good enough that's going to actually want to sign, sorry, sign for United. I see Ole seeing the season now, and I assume they'll get sacked. They might bring in Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag right now, it should be Ten Hag, but there's absolutely no way Ten Hag is leaving a yeah, project. Yeah, he's not leaving like, Ajax. Yeah, exactly. He's got a project here. He's the potential to, to, you know, 
this could be his best team yet, or at least his best team since 1819. And it's like one of his last chances to make, you know, to make a CL run with his Ajax team. He's not going to give that up. I think maybe at the end of the season he signs, but for now, United, the, the highest they can get is seventh, maybe sixth. I don't think they'll be anywhere near top four towards the end of the season with Ole. Um, sixth place, Arsenal. Damn. I won't lie, Arsenal impressed me. I think that, that's a positive sixth place. I think I put them sixth in my last one. Um, I mean, I took Spurs out, but for the most part, I'm trying to stay consistent. Put Arsenal sixth. I said last time, I was like, you know, they had a hard run of fixtures. They had an easy run of games coming up at that point. They've gone and they've won every game, right? They've done very well. Um, the games aren't going to be as easy in the future. I think Aubameyang has been awful this season. A little better than last season, but still not a, not a top-quality striker. He can't be starting the team at this rate. Lacazette also okay. ESR is okay. Sock is okay. Oh, I think their positions in, in the table is reflective of their form right now. I think they're fifth. I don't yeah. see them breaking the top four. I don't really think they'll be in the top four race, but I think they're going to be comfortable top six. I think they'll get Europa League, which is a huge achievement for them. Okay. So um, in fifth place, the mighty Brighton and Hove Albion have fallen off in the top four. I'm putting them fifth. Because oh. if you look... <laughs> Oh, right now in the table, they're seven. Too high. Too high. Right now in the table, no, no, no. Listen, listen. They're they're seven. They've fallen off a bit. Last time I talked about them, they just lost four one to City. This time they've come off, I think, back to back draws, but draws they should have won against Liverpool and Newcastle. Like Liverpool won is like a point is quality against Liverpool. The Newcastle one they really should have won. It's just unlucky. They haven't had bad results this season. They've only lost two games out of eleven. There's not a lot of teams that have lost less than two games out of 11. Like, they're really good. They've gotten a bit unlucky, which we've seen from Brighton in the past. But this season, there's just something a little bit different. I could see them. I'm, I'm willing to say they're going to be closer to Arsenal and United than they are going to be to the top four. Um, but I think they can, I think they'll get Europa League. I think they're good enough to be in Europe. And I think fifth place, considering Arsenal and United's inconsistencies, is not unreasonable. They're more consistent than both those teams. Moving into the top four. Um, I do have, as you might suspect, might suspect, uh, West Ham, of course, fourth place. That's following up on United and Arsenal, the other two fourth place teams. I mean, obviously, we all know there's going to be a distance between the top three and the rest of the league. But I, I'm, just, I'm so impressed by West Ham. I, I left them out. I put them eighth in my last one. But they've been so good. I mean, you look at the team. Since that, that th- since the last time I spoke, they beat Spurs. They beat Villa four one. And they just beat Liverpool, and they deserve to win all three. They're just such a good team. I, I love Ben Rama. He's playing fantastically. For now, who's a player, I thought he was like, okay. But he's really come into his own. Oh, Bowen. Jared Bowen is so good. Yeah, Bowen, I don't think he's one of the key players for that team, but he certainly, you know, he makes up the numbers. He's he's certainly good enough to be a starter in a team that's pushing for the top four. I do see similarities to the Leicester team. I don't think they're going to win the title just because the level of the league's higher. But, you know, then you look, you look further back, you see Rice and Suchek. Um, you see Ogbonna and Zuma. Hopefully Ogbonna is okay because he was fantastic in today before his injury. Dawson came on and was good too. Um, the fullbacks they have were good. Johnson was good. Cresswell's good. Masuaku was good as oh, a backup. right back, dude. He's played great. Yeah, ben Johnson. He's, he's not even the main guy. Kufal was supposed to be number one, but Johnson's been so good. They've, they, they have depth. For a team of their like level, they have so much depth and so much quality. I see them getting top four. In third place, both of you put Liverpool. I'm going to say Chelsea. I said it last time. I think I don't think they're as good as City or Liverpool. I don't think the, the Tuchel ball will continue to work. At a certain point, they have to stop parking the bus and start going for it. We saw that against Burnley. You know, they sat back. They took their time. They had plenty of chances. They didn't take them. They sat back a little bit more. They let Burnley get a little more of the ball because they were waiting for that chance. Burnley then got a bunch of chances and scored. And that's Burnley. I mean, they lost to City at home. They barely tied Liverpool. They don't turn up in the big games. I think they're much worse in big games than Liverpool are. Yes, Tuchel, you know, he managed to win the CL with them. But in, in the league, in the CL this year, he hasn't been as good. I don't see them. I, they're challenging for the title, of course, but I don't see them winning it. I see them getting third. Second place, Liverpool. I do think they're a bit overrated, especially on down that right-hand side. But they're just so excited to watch. I mean, I have to put them second just because I feel like they're getting underrepresented here, um, if anything. I think they're just, you know, they do drop points every now and then. But they're just such a good side to watch. One point in their last two games isn't good, but I'm not going to drop them because of that. I think across the season, you know, this side have won a Premier League before. They're experienced. They've also won a Champions League. You know, they, they know how, know it's like to perform under pressure. They've done very well in the past. They don't have much depth. Um, but I don't think Chelsea have too much depth either. They might have a little less. 
But I just feel like Liverpool have that little more quality. And even though Chelsea need to get more results, I think across the 38-game season, Liverpool will prevail. And of course, I'm not going to jump too much into this, but City, first place. Um, you know, I'm not going to point out the obvious. Bernardo Silva, I, I think he is a strong contender for player of the year. I think, you know, if Salah's purple patch starts to wear off, I could see Bernardo winning player of the year this year. Foden, also been excellent. Diaz, gone under the radar, but he's been insane again, as per. Cancelo, another player of the year contender, phenomenal. Right, uh, Walker's been good under the radar. Stones has been really good since he's come back. He's only played a few games. Ederson's been good. Rodgers has been fantastic. De Bruyne really impressed me in, in the derby. By far his best performance this season. He controlled the tempo. You can tell he's playing a little bit deeper this season. I don't see him get as many goals or assists, but I don't think that makes him a worse player. People are obviously going to perceive him as a worse player because that's what people do. But I think he's going to have a. I think he's having. He's, go, he's going to have a good season. He had a good game. I really see him getting back to his best. The front three is the only issue. Obviously, we don't know who's going to play. There's no set front three like Liverpool have. I think Foden is a shoo-in. Every game he has to be starting, every big yeah. game at least. I like Jesus at the right wing. I like Foden and Jesus on the wings. Um, and then that raises the question of who plays, you know. Who don't plays think about Ferran. He's injured, but. You know, Ferran is injured. I, I like, I mean, there are the rumors that we're going to sign Vlahovic in January. I like that. But I also like Bernardo at false nine in Grealish and center mid. I want to see more of that. I think if Grealish played in the role that Gundogan played, like in the in the derby when Bernardo was center forward and uh, Gundogan was playing left center mid, you put Grealish in that more advanced left center mid role. I think we can really start tearing apart some teams. So for me, City has to be number one. And before we go, just uh, to quickly mention the cumulative table for this, we predicted City first, Chelsea second, Liverpool third, West Ham fourth, Arsenal fifth, United sixth, and Brighton seventh. With Spurs narrowly missing out. Thank God. I don't know. I still think Celestiete Cristiano will come up this big for United. Where he'll finally accept it. He's got to accept it. <laughs> All right. Just before we go, a quick fantasy Premier League update. I think we'll probably do this at the end of our episodes now. Uh, I got 65 points this week. Cancelo coming up huge. Gallagher for Crystal Palace scoring. Trent free kick really helped me out as well. Tamayasu, per Joseph's recommendation, getting me points every week for Arsenal told clean you. sheets and Smith Rowe on the score and sheet. told you that too. All right, on yeah. to me. I got 96 points today with a bench boost. Great week yeah. for me. Edward Mendy, I should have started the Rams though, honestly, but bench boost did me good. So I, Edward Mendy started with Cancelo, Chilwell, and told me I was actually captain Chilwell thinking he was going to continue to streak. Unfortunately, not only did he not get a clean sheet, but he also did not score or get an assist. So unlucky. <laughs> I've, I had those three defenders and five in midfield. I had Bernardo Silva, who got me eight points. Great. ML Smith-Rowe, who got me eight points. Great. Gallagher, with 11. Wolfred Zahav, eight points. And Mohamed Salah, who got an assist. Then up top, I had Gabriel Wingsus. You know, he's good. And I had Ivan Tony, because I liked, I always like to pick the guy who's going against Norwich. But, you know, we drew. They drew. And I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. And my bench for my bench would at Ramsdale, who got me seven points. Another great performance. Showing why he's the second best keeper in the league. No questions. At Adam Armstrong, as by a striker, got me nine points. You know, goal against Villa. Yeah, big, big goal for them, of course, getting Dean Snips. Dean Smith sacked as yep, well. And then I had Trent on the bench with 12 points. No, good week for me. Bench boost is great. Decent. Kieran, to conclude, I know you haven't touched FPL in a while, but just a, for like a month and a half up until now. I got like four yeah, it's six probably, points. It's I think. probably outdated. Yeah, you have like. I, yeah, I had like six injuries and I still like got pretty close to Jonathan. I've cycled out my whole team. I made five transfers. You're 19 points below me. I, I have just spent 20 points on transfers and I think I'm going to get 100 points next week. So. You're not getting 100 with points. With that, Bold. I think we can conclude FPL, um, you know, undisputed champion. So. Conclude FPL and conclude this episode number four. Uh, thank you if you've made it this far. We are hugely appreciative, and hopefully we will see you next week. Uh, uh, we'll probably discuss some international fixtures, maybe do another featured thing, maybe build a squad with some certain parameters. I don't know, something fun. Uh, but until then, uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening.